And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Wow. It shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't take this long. Welcome to the Weekend Update with Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish. Every Monday on The Athletic NBA Show. It did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Ding, ding! I have access to information wow. that the public doesn't. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your weekend update. Coming up, the Warriors lose in embarrassing fashion. LeBron is back, and the Mavericks are just plain sad right now. Before we start, don't forget, you can get this podcast with no ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. And it's just one buck a month right now. That's 12 months for 12 bucks. Go sign up, theathletic.com slash NBA show. Keith the Minnesota Timberwolves rolled into the Chase Center and they stole a win in the final seconds. And I mean that literally, Keith. One of your favorite players, Kyle yeah. Anderson, comes yeah. up with an improbable steal when the Golden State Warriors had this game wrapped up. All Draymond Green had to do was wait to get fouled, but a little game of hot potato went awry. Kyle Anderson gets a huge steal with 15 seconds left. Finds Carl Anthony Towns in transition for the pull-up, three in transition for the game winner against the Warriors. And we got to start there. What an amazing bonehead play. Just <laughs> awful way to lose a game. You've, you've described this game with a, hu- with a, a few adjectives I maybe wouldn't have used. You, you called it an embarrassing loss to the Warriors. I don't know about that. You said they stole it. The Timberwolves stole it from the Warriors. The Timberwolves... Well, they got a steal, Keith, and... I, 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 all right, I, I recognize the wordplay. I recognize Kyle Anderson, my guy, with five steals. I recognize Draymond not wanting to go to the free throw line because he's not good at shooting free throws. I understand the Warriors are addicted to turning the basketball over. But, like, the Timberwolves were winning this game comfortably. The Timberwolves were themselves in the process of choking away a, a game. It looked like the Warriors maybe were showing some of that championship pedigree we've been expecting to see for literally the whole season. Like, when are they going to show it? Oh, they they... They blew out the Sixers in their previous game. Like, all right, all right, here we go. Okay, we know they're good at home. They're playing some good teams. Let's see what happens. And then in this one, they have a big fourth quarter. They come back. They take the lead. But then, yeah, they do cough it up in a a very patented Warriors fashion. And the Timberwolves pull out a huge win. Kyle Anderson finishes with five steals. And, of course, Carl Anthony Towns returning to this team is good. I mean, Dave, how do you feel as a coach? Anytime you can get your seven-footer shooting a pull-up three in transition on a two-on-one when you're down by one, that's a play to make, right? I mean, listen, it's an absolutely insane play call. But the truth is they had numbers, so they they would have gotten yeah. a rebound on a long rebound, yeah. especially uh, coming back on defense. I think that that was the right play. It, was a, it wound up being a great play by Carl Anthony Towns. But the truth is the Wolves still had a foul to give. So Draymond didn't even have to make the pass to avoid free throws because – they would have just had the sideline out of bounds and then they would have gone to the free throw line. And, and so the Warriors get another shot 
to potentially tie the game down three. Well, they don't get a shot, Dave. They do not get a shot <laughs> off. They they commit a turnover. Uh, what do you know? Uh, the ball goes out of bounds. We all go home sad uh, if we were rooting for the Warriors. But Timberwolves come away with a big win. And, and it's a big win for playoff reasons. But it's a big win because Anthony Edwards was back. 13 points in this game. I thought he looked really good for a guy who basically missed a week from an ankle in injury. He looked pretty spry. These young bucks, they they heal quickly. Um, I want to talk about the, the actual, the, the lack of shot opportunity for the Warriors and the incredible defense. The, like, one-on-one defense just to deny Steph Curry the basketball at the very end of the game where Jordan Poole could not even get it to Steph to get the shot off. We've seen this in clutch situations before where Jaden McDaniels just shows up, shuts a guy down. He's an incredible defender. And you have this, you have this Timberwolves team that is so unique, and they don't fit. I guess your natural maybe positional profiles of like what teams are, are are playing. Like they're playing Kyle Anderson a lot of minutes alongside Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. When Kyle Anderson was on the was on the Grizzlies, they basically go, oh, we can't play him at the three. Like they're playing him at the three. We we've had Nas Reed playing big minutes. The Timberwolves, Chris Finch is just saying, These are my best guys. I don't care if I'm playing like Jaden McDaniels, he's my two. Or Ant Edwards, he's, he's my two. I'm playing all these bigs because they're our best guys. And so it's a unique team. And I love the final uh, defensive possession where they did, you know, force not just that one steal, but then the uh, forcing the ball where uh, Steph could not get it from Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jaden McDaniels uh, only had one point in this game. And he, he'd had this nice run here recently where he was showing off a little bit more of his offensive game. But he used all his length and he stayed over top of Steph and just really blinded Steph from from Jordan Poole. He, they couldn't communicate with their eyes or however it is that Golden State gets the business done. Uh, but you mentioned Nas Reed, 23 points off the bench. Three of five from three. Uh, Going to be a free agent this summer. And, um, I mean, God, I'd like to add him to my team if I were a GM. Uh, for the Warriors, you know, it's 20 from Steph, 27 from Jordan Poole off the bench. Jordan Poole was a game-low minus 11 but I thought he was really good in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, you talked about that Warriors comeback. I mean, he was a big part of that. Hit a big three late that put him up. And, you know, before, obviously, the, the couple turnovers cost him the game. And so, you know, Gary Payton second was back out there. I thought he looked pretty good physically fighting uh, for loose basketballs and things like that. So, you know, look, the Warriors lose, and it, and it hurts their playoff positioning right now. But the truth is, like, I think that there were some things that came from this game for the Warriors that should be positive. The negative, though, is turning the ball over like crazy, but this is something that the Warriors are just apt to do. Yeah, I, I want to now fall back onto what you mentioned about Nas Reed. Not only did he have a big game in this one on Sunday, he was a massive performer in their previous win, another clutch win uh, over the Hawks in their last game. He had 26 in that game. He, he's just like, he's lighting it up, lighting it up off the bench, and he's like the third center for a team that has two all NBA level centers. It's wild that they're finding minutes for these guys. I mean, credit to the Timberwolves right now. And yeah, like now that now the Warriors find themselves like a lot of teams. It's so packed. The standings are so close. Like you slip up one or two times, you find yourself not where you want to be. Like slipping back into the play in, or if you're some other team slipping out of the play in. And yeah, the Warriors. It's been the whole season long. I know they've they've dealt with guys missing. They're still missing Andrew Wiggins, who was a huge crucial piece to them winning the title last year. But like this Warriors team is just another Western conference team kind of still not able, not being able to find their stride. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. There was some big news in L.A. today. LeBron James came back. We all remember he has the big foot injury. We thought there was a chance he wasn't going to come back this season. LeBron James spends millions of dollars on his body every year, as we're reminded, every single time he twists an ankle. And it's paying off because the dude was back, and I thought physically... Looked pretty great. It looked like LeBron. Um, defensively, to start, I would say it was it was mediocre at best for LeBron. But health-wise, he looked good. But let's get to the game because the Lakers need to win pretty much every game. And they lost this one. The Bulls win 118-108. to 108. Zach Levine had a great game, 32 points from him. DeMar DeRozan just does his thing. He's just that stabilizing force for this Bulls team. 17 points there. And then Andre Drummond was the key to this game for the Bulls off the bench. He had 12 points, eight rebounds, but his defense was excellent. And, and the Bulls just, they just handled him. Alex Caruso was fantastic guarding Austin Reeves and, and Dennis Schroeder up front for, for the Lakers. Overall, the Bulls just outplayed the Lakers in this one. It, it was a strange game in the sense that w when it started, you know, we're thinking about, oh, LeBron James is returning, but like DeMar DeRozan had been out uh, for the Bulls. I'm watching him in the first quarter being like, I'm not sure he's right. I'm not sure he's healthy. And they're leaning so heavily on actually Nick Vucevic early in the game. Then Nick Vucevic gets ejected in the second quarter, uh, continuing this kind of can we call it the uh, official's reign of terror on, the, on this NBA season of throwing guys out? If you throw a guy out for yelling about a foul call while he's standing on the sideline receiving treatment, like he's not coming at the referees. He's not pursuing the issue. Turn around. Don't look at him. I don't understand how the referees, and you know, I'm like, I'm a huge referee defender, but they've even lost me uh, th so far this season. Like the Vucevic ejection felt huge as the Bulls got off to a fast start, but once they lost Vucevic, as you said, Andre Drummond stepped up. Drum, and then DeRozan ended up having a great game, picked up 10 assists, and Levine was just incredible. As like the Bulls, they're fighting for their own stuff uh, in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, it, it was a huge loss um, for the Lakers as they, um, you know, kind of, I don't say they, they haven't undone anything because like they've picked up some big wins and gained ground and they found themselves, you know, like a game out of six just a second ago. But like we said, everything is so packed together. Each game, each loss is massive when it comes to the standings. Yeah, and, and the Lakers, frankly, they're just not good enough to withstand 18 turnovers and 40, giving up 45% shooting from three to their opponent. They just aren't good enough to be able to withstand those things. They don't create enough turnovers on their own. Even though this defense is really solid, they just can't withstand that stuff. They can't what? keep up scoring-wise. Dave, what's your analysis of LeBron James's return and that and his effect on Austin Reeves' Uh, free throw attempts. I think this was Austin more Reeves the... Austin Reeves only one free throw attempt in this game. That had been their path to victory. 
It ha- I wouldn't go that far, but I will say well, LeBron been a did a huge get- element. Austin <laughs> Reeves living at the foul line, making a lot of great plays to get to. I'm not saying anything's untoward. I'm saying he's earning his fouls, but I see Austin Reeves with only one free throw attempt. I don't know. If- is-, is there a correlation, I guess? I will say this. It certainly didn't help him. But the other thing is I think you're seeing more of the Caruso effect. Alex Caruso is one of the handful of best guard defenders in the league. He does not foul a lot. And he's going to frustrate a guy like Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves did try to bait into some contact in this game. Uh, the referees, I thought, did a good job of not calling some of the stuff that that he's gotten away with. I mean, you know, look, for for all the, the hand-wringing we do over referees, and I think this has been a rough year for him, for them uh, this season, they do their homework. And when a guy, like, they have to scout new players, too. Because Austin Reeves has some really good tricks up his sleeve. It's part of why he's been able to get to the free throw line at every level he's played at, by the way. And so this is something that translates. But the referees have to catch up to his tricks as well. And so maybe there's a little bit of that going on. Maybe the spotlight on him getting all this free, these free throws. We know human nature. You can be influenced by outside influences very easily. So maybe a little bit of that and an overcorrection. But also, hey, a little less time with the ball in his hands, a little bit more time playing off the ball. So I'm not ready to go conspiracy here yet on Austin Reeves. Whether whether he's shooting I, uh, 18 free throws or one, I'm not ready to go conspiracy. I didn't say conspiracy. I just said LeBron. Man, find your guy at Austin. He's been cooking. No, uh, <laughs> this this matchup also specifically has, has a lot of fun story elements because, like, you have Alex Caruso, who is a great wing defender, also former Laker, and then you have Patrick Beverly, uh, former Laker, doing the too small to LeBron after making a hook. And then, of course, you just have the personal connections of Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, all with those Southern California connections. So uh, a big win for the Bulls and a lot of guys from that area are very happy to be on the winning side. Yeah, uh, and now, unfortunately, Keith, we've come to the portion of our program where we got to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. They lost (laughs) two games this weekend in a home-and-home against the Charlotte Hornets. And look... The Hornets are bad, straight up bad. Gordon Hayward having a good season. He actually looks really he good plays. right now. He's Doesn't been matter. playing. He's good. Yeah. The Hornets are a bad basketball team. Dennis Smith Jr. caught a live dunk coming from the dunker spot in this game. And I thought that was the exclamation point that, this, that, that the Dallas Mavericks deserved to have dunked on them in this game. Lackadaisical to start. I mean, it, the, the Hornets started this game hot, had a big lead after the first quarter. Uh, the Mavericks did come back, and Luka had a 40-point triple-double in this game. This was just a weird... I mean, look, the Mavericks just aren't good enough. You can't beat... You can't split with the Hornets? Yeah, you can't even split with the Hornets. To the drop defense is atrocious, man. In this situation, that's what I was going to say. The defense was so bad. And we got... When they hired Jason Kidd, I feel like we all got our jokes off. And then, and then they, they shoved it in our face, and they were great last year, and they were great at defense. And we're like, oh, okay, our bad. Well, now, like, this is, this is it. Like, how is this team so bad at so many different things? How have they fallen apart since the trade deadline? Like, I don't want to blame Kyrie for everything, but, like, how do you not have any – how is this collection of talent doing so poorly right now? We're not asking you to do a lot. We're asking you not to be under 500. How are the Mavericks under 500? The Mavericks are on the outside looking in right now. They're not in the play-in. Like, this is dire stuff, and the 
the lack of, I guess, it's, is it just defensive communication? The lack of simple dunks, of drive, just drop it off to the dunker. Drop it off. Like, P.J. Washington is cooking you uh, type things. And Dennis Smith Jr. is cooking you. Like, the, the Hornets aren't, you know, they're not at full strength. And it's just, you can't beat them one out of two. You're going to lose both of them with your season on the line? There were points in this game where Maxi Kleba was coming off of screens and shooting pull, shot a pull-up three off the screen. He had and, he had to shoot like a sixteen footer, like the Michael Jordan shooting the shot. You're like, why is he doing? Yeah. Like, what? How's how is everything falling apart for the Mavericks? I mean, they're not out of it. There's still a few games left, but to to be like, hey, uh, it's it's the end of March. You're in eleventh. Oh, have we had catastrophic injury? Nope. I don't understand it. They didn't they didn't turn the ball over a ton. They only turned it over eight times to Charlotte's fourteen. Charlotte didn't hit a ton of threes. They only hit 12 of them, Keith. The Mavs so, hit 19, 19 threes. You should they, not lose when you hit 19 threes in the NBA. They went to the line around the same amount of times. But 14 offensive rebounds for the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets somehow, by the way, who have like decent young rotation centers just available at all times. I, I don't know how the Hornets pulled it off and the Warriors can't find one guy to come out at the end of the bench. But the Hornets just out- <laughs> Played out, hustled the Mavericks. That was it, plain and simple. Two games in a row. And frankly, Keith, like the Mavericks are a team that should have been as desperate as they played against the Warriors in that game that, you know, it was like a noble loss. Yeah. Because they did play with desperation. They just got beat. But to lose to a team as bad as Charlotte back to back, it's just awful. And this is a perfect time for us to talk about the updated standings in the West because as we sit tonight, Sunday night, the Mavericks are a full game behind the Oklahoma City Thunder for that 10th spot, the final play-in spot. Of course, the Lakers also tied with the Thunder. Uh, both have 37 and 38 records. And then a half a game ahead of them in the eighth seed is the New Orleans Pelicans. And then the Timberwolves, after their win tonight, are the seventh seed, half a game back on the sixth seed Warriors. The Warriors are a half a game behind the Clippers for the five seed, and the Clippers are a half a game Behind the Suns for the four seed. So between the four seed and the 10 seed, we have a two and a half game gap. And the Mavericks are a full game behind them. And man, it just, that window has nearly closed for the Mavericks right now. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to have to dig deep and, and and do something. I mean, it's not like, it's not like all these teams are going to finish, you know, over their past, whatever, final eight, nine games, whatever they have left, like, you know, teams are going to be dropping them. These teams are playing each other sometimes. So, like, it's not over for the Mavericks. It's just it's just a shocking uh, shakedown of the standings. Like, I had, and I think a lot of people had written off the Pelicans. We're like, oh, this it's just not working for them. And suddenly the Pelicans ha- have scratched together four straight wins. And it's just, I don't know. It, it has become, honestly, a really joyful viewing experience for, I think, I assume all NBA diehards. Every single night, these feel like playoff games. And... There's so much pressure. I mean, maybe that goes back to like why things aren't going great between the players and the officials and the fans and the officials. There's so much at stake. It feels like in each game and maybe the pressure is just ratcheting up and like Vucevic got ejected on a play where he clearly committed a foul. Like, so there's a good argument. Why are you screaming about an obvious foul call? I, like, I don't know. Maybe something else was going on, but like, you know, the pressure maybe is getting to the players, but as a viewer, as a fan, as someone just, you know, surfing league pass, it, it's incredible. Yeah, every single game has a playoff atmosphere, playoff vibe. 
except for when you watch the Dallas Mavericks play the Charlotte Hornets and <laughs> only one team it out there looks yeah, like they're yeah, playing to get in the play. That felt like a normal late March, uh, you know, early April game between two teams in the tankathon standings, not a team uh, that's supposed to be fighting for its life. Yeah, dejected would be a more positive word than I would use in private to describe how the Mavericks looked on Sunday in that game, especially the first quarter. I just thought they came out so flat in a game they really had to have. So, you know, I, I'm about ready to write the Mavericks off, man. I, I just don't think that they've got the the heart necessary to, to pull this off and, and actually climb out uh, of the hole that they've dug for themselves. And, and not to mention, they don't have the defensive talent, Keith. That's the other thing. They're trying to guard with a wet paper bag, and that just doesn't really work. Yeah, I mean, even when I look at the roster, I feel like they should be able to put together something a little bit better than this. Like, it's not, they're not totally bereft of talent. They're not missing the guys they normally have. Like, I know they slow the game down. They they play these half-court battles, and they're normally pretty good at them because they have two of the the best. I mean, they have Luka, and they've shown success at just winning in the half-court battles. You assume when they added Kyrie, they'd be able to do it as well because now you have two of the best one-on-one creators in the entire NBA. But it certainly has not happened for them uh, in the past couple weeks. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Keith Parrish, I'm James DeFour. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.